Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Producer opens the microphone and says, talk. Here we go. <laughs> it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. All kinds of bells and whistles going off. It's one of my favorite times of the week. It's to get to spend time with you and all the stations that carry Indiana Outdoors. We don't say it enough how much we appreciate you listening and those stations that carry us. So, again, thank you for all that you do. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. We've got a great big show today. We're going to do a little... Uh, conversation with Joe Caudell, who is the Indiana State Deer Biologist. Now, Joe's not a stranger here to Indiana Outdoors. He's not a stranger to being the deer biologist. He's the second go-around for him, well-respected across the Midwest by his peers. And I particularly wanted him to comment on this deer survey that has been sent out over the last several years, and it's out now. It's open now. Uh, I've had at least a half a dozen people call me with interest in one of the main parts of that survey is potentially reintroducing the lifetime license, which hasn't been around for a very, very long time. And Lowe's like me who had the foresight, didn't have the money at the time, but had the foresight to say, you know what, it's probably a good thing to do this. Um, now it's being talked about again. So we're going to talk to Joe Caudell and find out what he has to say about why this survey is so important. Deer, Turkey, Waterfowl, Expo, Boat, Sport, and Travel Show. We're going to visit with uh, Chad Hoover, kayak bass fishing. He's going to be there, as always, and a big crowd favorite. We're going to visit with James Watson, the real James Watson worldwide, one of my favorites, one of the funnier guys out on the tour. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Don't go anywhere. We're going to catch up with Joe Caudell, have an extended conversation when we return. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. We are days away from Valentine's Day. I hope you're prepared. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Great to be with you each and every week. Another great Indiana outdoor show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. You can sign up to do to be an all-important organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Couldn't be any easier or just go there. It's free and there is no cost, uh, no hassle to do the right thing. As mentioned at the top of the hour, it's always my privilege when we can visit with Indiana's great biologists all across the spectrum and none better than Joe Caudell, who is our Indiana deer biologist. We speak to him whenever we have the opportunity because I just love talking to him so much. Joe, it's great to be with you. How you been? 
Oh, been awesome. Been awesome. We had a great deer season, and uh, yeah, we're having great weather right now. I know. (laughs) So you say you had a great deer season. Is that because it was incident-free and it was all good and everybody got their deer? Did you get your deer? Why was it so good? Uh, Just the harvest. I mean, you know, the harvest was was up this year, and, you know, even though we had some uh, areas of the state with EHD and we knew their harvest was going to be down and we had actually lowered the quotas there. But overall, it seems like most hunters had a great season. And that's, and that's what I like to see is, you know, when hunters can get out there and be successful and harvest their deer. Well, don't we all, I, uh, I saw some absolutely phenomenal pictures throughout the season, starting in bow season of just, I can't imagine what the Deer Turkey Waterfowl Expo is going to look like next year yeah. when that wall gets decorated because there were some spectacular animals taken. But you know, as I've always said, whether it's buck or doe, putting a deer on the ground is is a gift and is special. And I think, you know, this year the weather was great. We had that weird opening weekend. I don't remember yeah. an opening weekend where on Friday it was 55, 60 degrees. The next morning we were down in southern Indiana. It snowed from daybreak to noon, and it was three or four inches of snow. I, I, literally yeah. in 40 years of deer season, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty unusual this year. I think there's something special about being in the woods anyway when there's a nice blanketing of snow. Uh, if you're prepared for it, I mean, it just makes everything quiet and serene and certainly helps in uh, the ability to see and experience all the critters in the woods. So it was a, I, I had a great season nonetheless, and uh, I know people are uh, very happy. What's What do you think overall it looks like in terms of the harvest numbers? Uh, I mean, they look good. They were, like I said, they were up this year. Uh, they were up kind of near some of the higher levels that we've seen over the past, you know, six or seven years. And so, and that, and that's fairly normal. That should be an expectation is now that our harvest will kind of fluctuate. So, you know, if you look all the way back in the, the deer report and look back, you know, in terms of like the seventies and eighties and how harvest was growing and then it kind of peaked what we what we expect is then now it just kind of fluctuates up and down. And so, you know, this was an up year, you know, next year might be a little bit lower, but it'll just kind of fluctuate around an average. And so that's, that's case. So we're kind of meeting expectations. We were up a little bit higher this year, but you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what we expect. Well, as a deer biologist, I would think that's kind of the way you would want to manage, right? Average. Yeah. That consistency, that's that's what we like to see. Well, if you want some opinions, just ask the quarter of a million people that buy license and they could tell you, <laughs> they could give you their own opinion. And that's actually why I wanted to talk to you today, because I have received a couple of times and filled out the deer survey that you had prepared and sent out. It doesn't take long, but there's some thoughtful and, and thought-provoking questions in there. And I feel like everybody who buys a license should take the 15 minutes that it takes, if that, to send back their opinions to our Department of Natural Resources, to the Division of Fish and Wildlife, ultimately to you, because I think it's important for people to hear from you how you use those and why that's so important. Yeah, and and what's interesting about this is this is really a hunter 
driven initiative. And so, you know, when I got here, uh, it was about the time of uh, year that we did our five-year deer review. And so when I was reviewing what had happened in the past five years and then what we would do for the next five years, this is one of the things that came out of it is we were hearing that hunters and other people as well, not just, not just hunters, wanted to have a voice in deer management. And so I looked around. Uh, of course, we have limited resources, so it had to be a cost-effective technique that we could apply, apply on a regular basis. And we found that this survey was something that we could do. And the survey goes out every year to every hunter who has harvested a deer or purchased a license in the last five years to make certain that, you know, our hunters uh, had this opportunity to provide that feedback. And then we also have a list of folks who uh, get our wild bulletin. It goes out to them. It goes out to anglers. So we're really just trying to get a lot of feedback on our deer population and our deer and what people think about deer and even deer questions, you know, of policy changes from a wide variety of people. But this is, this is the way that we look for feedback. Joe Caudell is our state deer biologist and we're thankful for his service. This is second tenure and well-respected by his peers across the Midwest and certainly very fortunate that we have your expertise here. So, I've, I was filling this out, and I've I've had several phone calls from people, um, you know, who were intrigued with this idea because one of the questions on here was the possibility of a lifetime license, mm-hmm. and yeah. that hasn't that hasn't been talked about for a number of years. But people have called me and said, "Hey, what's up? Is this going to happen?" And I said, "Well, make your opinions known." There's some pointed questions. Yeah. Where did this idea of bringing the lifetime license back come from? So. It had been being talked about internally in the division for a while. And the the biggest question was, how can we bring this back and make sure that we're not losing money? Because, I mean, this is one of the primary reasons they had to stop the lifetime licenses previously. They just, it wasn't a cost-effective solution for the division Um you know, because over time, I mean, we have to make sure that fish and wildlife are funded. And if these licenses aren't charging enough, then we don't have that perpetual funding. And so that was always one of the questions is how do we figure this out? And so we actually worked with uh, economists at Purdue to figure out, is this a possibility? And then from their work, we were able to develop some uh, ranges of, you know, okay, well, if we brought them back, what might that range of prices be for different types of license and and things like that? And then part of this survey is also to get at, well, how many people would be interested in them? How many people might purchase these? And so the uh, significant portion of the survey is revolving around trying to understand how people might use the license and, um, you know, what they would be willing, like how many people would be willing to purchase them at these various price levels so we can understand like what we could possibly bring it back as. You know, funding for the Division of Fish and Wildlife is a very unique, complex metrics that's always a struggle and a juggle. 
And, you know, the idea of the lifetime license when it was born was that money would go into, you know, a, a fund to buy more land. And it was very mm-hmm. successful. And yet, as the metrics and the matrix have become more complicated for matching funds from the federal government and making sure that we capture all the matching funds from buying a license get lost if you in the past if you bought a lifetime license and i understand after years of having this conversation how complex that is because as you said funding is always a perpetual concern and buying a license unlike a lot of things is the way the division of fish and wildlife is funded for lack of a better simplicity term right yep that's exactly right so you've got this survey out there. It's gone out to thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, I'm just curious, what kind of return rate do you expect on something like that? Yeah. So uh, the overall return rate is fairly low if you look at surveys. Okay. And so we send out um, uh, anywhere between, and this is going to sound like a huge number, 800,000 uh, last year, we actually sent out like 1 million of, of these surveys because we want to try to, I mean, basically, we want to get it to anybody who yeah. is willing to provide uh, an answer. And on average, we hear back from about 25,000 people. Okay. Okay. This year, uh, our last reminder hasn't even gone out yet. And we already have 25,000 responses. And I really think it's because people know that there's this lifetime license component in there and they really want to make their voice heard. But I mean, I would love it if we heard back from every single person, but I know that's not realistic, but the more people who respond, what that really does is when we get the the more responses we get back, we understand more about deer and deer management at the County level. Okay, we get plenty of information back to understand it at the state level or our deer management units, which are groups of similar counties. But what I am ultimately looking for is to really understand deer at that county level. So when I go in and I do my uh, uh, recommendation for the county bonus analyst quotas, that our administrators have good information that they can also look at and really understand if this is meeting the needs of the people, you know, in the counties, because that's kind of our management, our lowest management unit. You know, these surveys, I I think the, I serve in a public capacity as chair of the Natural Resources Commission, and I can tell you that I value public input at every session, every meeting that we have on every topic whether it's positive or negative, making people's voices feel heard. It's a priority. I, it can become a trite and pithy statement to say, oh, the, the, your opinion matters. But your opinion really matters, right? Yeah, I, I use it. I mean, you know, and, and this is why the Deer Survey occurs uh, around February 1st every year, you know, plus or minus a day or two here. Because we get those surveys back. We close it after about three weeks. And so this this week, I think uh, it's going to close around the 19th of February. We start analyzing that data immediately so it can go into the the upcoming year's uh, quota discussion. And so I have to have all. And so we, we talk sometimes when we talk, we talk about my busy season and hunting season. No, this is it. Getting these surveys out, getting them in, answering questions, 
doing the analysis, getting a report written up so that we can make a decision. That is that is my busiest season that I have. But we do that so that we can actually use people's opinions and observations in our decision making. Joe Codell is our guest, and he is the state deer biologist. There's so many other things that we could get into with limited time. We're going to have to wait, which means that you're going to continue to be heard here on Indiana Outdoors uh, throughout the summer as we get ready. And, you know, you take all this information. What do you do with it? Just very simply, would you, you start analyzing the data. You start talking about the quotas. When does that when do all these opinions start to get implemented? Uh, so yeah, typically our timeline is we, we, we get a, try to gather all of our data by around the 1st of March. And this is data from the Department of Transportation for deer vehicle collisions. Of course, our harvest data is kind of wrapped up around the 1st of February. It's this um, uh, data from our surveys and the after hunt survey, which people fill out right immediately after they harvest a deer. And we pull all this together and uh, fill out our county data sheets, which I think some people have seen. And, and actually now they go up online well before we do our printed county data sheets. And so, so that, uh, and, and what's interesting is that exact same data that then the public has access to, that's what our uh, district biologists use to help inform their recommendations. And so Got it. then we get recommendations from the district biologist. We put like my analysis together as, as a deer biologist. We come up with a recommendation, and then that goes to our agency administrators around mid-April so that they can yep. see the recommendations and accept So it's real-time. It's not going to be something five years it's from now. It is absolutely as real-time as we can make it. Joe, I can't thank you enough for your expertise, your leadership within the deer community. Thanks for all you do, and we look forward to having you back. Probably see you at the Boat Sport and Travel Show. Yep, looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Our great friend, Joe Caudell, deer biologist, state of Indiana. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking about the Boat Sport and Travel Show when we return right after this. Indiana Outdoors rolls on. Many thanks to you for being here. Another great Indiana Outdoors weekend. We are just days away from the start of the 68th annual Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show. Couldn't be more thrilled about that. Many thanks to Joe Caudell, state deer biologist, joining us. Reminding everybody, take seriously the survey that was sent out. Always great to visit with him. One of the greatest guys uh, in our Division of Fish and Wildlife. Such expertise. But as I promised, we are going to be visiting with a couple of the superstars, the crowd favorites that are seem to be every year at the Boat Sport and Travel Show. Chad Hoover is our guest, and uh, Chad's been with me many times here on Indiana Outdoors. You know him at kayak bass fishing, one of the hardest working guys in the fishing community. Chad, it's been a minute, and you're going to be here in Indianapolis in the next couple weeks. How you been? I've been good, man. I'm down here in Florida, you know, getting that early start on the first place that they spawn, jacking some big old jaws and uh having some, having a good time man but uh i'm actually looking forward to coming up to to uh indianapolis and freezing for a few days because the people up there are nice they're 
excited to get out and start talking about fishing and hunting and RVing and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I, I love it up there. Can't wait to get back up there. Well, we're going to try to provide you some Chamber of Commerce weather. We got it, uh, it was 60 here yesterday, but today it'll be 20. So, literally. Okay. Yeah. You never know. But you're going to be inside. Luckily, you're not going to be doing any kayak bass fishing out on the White River while you're here. But nonetheless, we've talked about the rise in popularity. We've r- talked about how kayak bass fishing in general has taken off and you were kind of the godfather of that let's go back and for those that aren't familiar with you talk about your history and what is kayak bass fishing and why is it so darn popular well i actually started kayak fishing uh in 1996 i was in corpus christi texas uh in the navy and to be honest with you when i first got into kayak fishing i didn't really want to promote it because i felt like i had found you know, the, the, the biggest secret weapon in fishing. Uh, back then, I was using it for a lot of saltwater fishing, getting into skinny water to find redfish and speckled trout in places that nobody else could get to. But I spent my whole life, you know, bass fishing. And so one day, the light bulb went off, and I was like, man, I should really be using this thing more for bass fishing than for saltwater fishing just because there's so many places, so many more places in the world of freshwater fishing that you just can't get to uh in a boat and so in uh over the four you know five years the first four or five years that i did it i just started doing it you know in an exploratory fashion in the bass fishing world and in 2009 a buddy of mine said man somebody should start a kayak bass fishing page and uh, i'm sorry i said to a buddy somebody should start a kayak bass fishing page and he said uh you should start it you're like the you know evangelist for fishing for bass from a kayak and i was like i don't know anything about pages i don't know anything about websites and he showed me how to buy a website we bought the website um same exact thing happened a year later i said man somebody should write a book on kayak bass fishing and a good friend of mine named ken daubert who wrote the book kayak fishing the revolution said uh you should write the book on kayak bass fishing i was like i'm not doing that so about six months later i started writing it wrote it in a year and uh finished it up while I was on deployment in Germany. And uh, as they say, kind of the rest is history. I came back from that deployment. People started clamoring to do a uh, live tournament because I had been doing these online catch photo release tournaments to promote kayak fishing uh, from 2009 to 2012. And in 2012, we did our first live, what we called a KBF Open back then. And uh, we're 12 years into uh, running events and and uh, tournaments that are online and 10 years into running them uh, as live events. And, you know, like you said, it it has spurred other organizations to start um, big tournament series like Hobie with the BOS and Bass with, you know, Bass with the Bass Nation Kayak Series and, you know, hundreds if not thousands of clubs across the country running little small derbies here and there. And, you know, to be honest with you, our big focus, Years that we've kind of been that powder keg moment to get the more professional tournaments going and uh, almost got away from the, the more grassroots charity-based tournaments. And so we're making a big pivot uh, in kayak bass fishing. I'm partnering with a lot of um, bigger YouTubers, uh, one of them who's here with me right now, Gene Jensen, uh, Fluke Master on YouTube, and he's actually coming to the uh, sports show with me, so he'll be doing some seminars. We'll be hanging out and you know, talking to people, but we're going to do some online stuff this year where it's a low barrier to entry. 
low entry fee, big chance for return. 25% of it goes to charity. 50% of it gets invested back into the actual tournament itself to buy prizes and giveaways. Uh, and then 25% covers the operational cost of doing it. And man, that has resonated with our community so far is getting back to the, the basics of tournaments that aren't so overwhelming, you know, that the same 20, 25 people are always winning. And it gives new anglers an opportunity to get out there and uh, cut their teeth at somewhat competitive kayak fishing, but more a fun fishing competition that also has a charity component to it uh, and has the the potential for a really big return uh, with some of the prizes we're giving away. And then that's all culminating with the championship at the end of the year on Veterans Day where all the influencers take the winners of each of their month's challenges and come to Alabama, and we're going to have a Veterans Day uh, big fish-off between all the teams, and it's going to be a fun thing, raise a lot of awareness for some awesome charities, and uh, get back to the grassroots um, you know, component um, of, of what the whole kayak fishing thing is all about. You know, So that's, I love that's it. the big pivot. That's the big pivot. Chad Hoover's our guest, kayak bass fishing. One of the reasons I love talking to you is not only you're just passionate, but you're just an all-around great guy. You're hardworking, and you've got vision. And it goes along with Renfro Productions and why you have been so popular, because several years ago, they saw the rise in what the quiet sports, the paddling, the canoeing, the hiking, the mountain biking, the non-power sport type stuff, and made it in a huge way in the presence of those suppliers and, and guys like you have really just grown in massive footprint at the Boat Sport and Travel Show because they're so darn popular, and I envision that to be the same. So what's your appearance? You know when you're going to be in Indy for this show? Yeah, we're going to be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday the first weekend, and then we're going to be there uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday the second weekend. Um so, yeah, we'll pretty much be there for the whole show this year. I was going to say, um, you got the whole thing wrapped up. Well, listen, my friend, we're going to be broadcasting out there. Hopefully, we'll get to get spend a little more quality time, longer format. But I'm looking forward to seeing you. A lot of folks in Indiana, a lot of Hoosiers love the kayak bass fishing, love seeing you. And there's going to be others there sharing their wisdom with everybody to get into this sport. And thank you so much for taking the time. Go out and enjoy the Florida swamps. Be safe, safe travels, and we'll give you a little Hoosier hospitality and hopefully some good weather when you get here. Awesome, man. I appreciate it and looking forward to it. All right. One of my favorites, Chad Hoover. Boat Sport and Travel Show coming up. It's Indiana Outdoor Show. I'm Brian Pointer. We're going to be back right after this. So much fun, so little time. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, of course, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven to SaveLives.org. Go there. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. You can help save up to eight lives and heal 75 others. And you can do that when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Speaking of fishing, the Boat Sport and Travel Show, 68th Annual Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show is coming up here. It's going to be the uh, 17th through the 19th, so... It's already passed. It's going to be past Valentine's Day. Sometimes that falls on that weekend, so we don't have that to deal with. And it's going to open back up for the Deer Turkey Waterfowl on the second weekend of the Boat Sport and Travel Show, the 22nd through the 26th. And we love to highlight those fan favorites that Renfro Productions brings to the consumers that come to these shows, teaching all the good stuff, and none better than James Watson, the real James Watson, worldwide. 
I still have one of your I still have one of your hats, my friend, and I I love it. Well, you know, those things are worth a lot of money, my friend. So hang <laughs> on to it; it just increases like Rolex. Well, maybe this year when you're out there, I'll bring it out and you can sign it. Then it'll be invaluable, right? It'll just be a, a living oh, yeah. treasure. You will have to you'll have to carry a sidearm just to, to defend it. One of my favorites, and you can already see why he is one of the funniest that we talk to. And uh, I follow you on Instagram, and I see some of the the the. I love the tour life, if for lack of a better term, for lack of a letter term. But ultimate match fishing champion, MLF Bass Pro Tour angler, out there, one of the hardest working guys on the circuit. How's it been since we last connected? Aha, it's been good. You know, uh, last year, the highlight of my year last year was the uh, fishing ultimate match fishing again. It was the second time Joe invited me, and uh, you know, I was real, real fortunate and actually won that deal. Uh, I can't say much for the rest of my fishing season. It was not very uh, spectacular. Well, you're on your way to the uh, Stage 1 in Kissimmee. Uh, this weekend you're going to be down there, and it's always great. You've got a, a big schedule, but in between all that, you're going to be here in Indianapolis, which we always appreciate. And ultimate match fishing, did you ever dream when you were a little guy and you said, I think I want to be a professional bass fisherman, that it would be the way it is today? I had that dream, but I didn't ever, ever uh, think that it would, uh, you know, come to fruition. Well, it's amazing to me the growth and the popularity all the way down to the high school teams, the college teams. Um, you've got a whole generation of people that follow now with television almost 24 hours a day. But these these programs, like you mentioned, Joe Thomas, one of our favorite guests here, he's going to be at the Boat Sport and Travel Show these this TV stuff and this competition, it's kind of like reality TV, but for if you love to fish, this is why people really get into this because it's kind of a, you know, it's a uh, kind of a cult after a while. People follow what you guys do, and you're a good teacher. You love to talk about YouTube, all your stuff on YouTube, and you use your social medias really well. And uh, have things changed? Is the vibe still good? I mean, in the last three or four years, things have been growing so exponentially. How are things personally for you with, I know you made some sponsor changes and other things. What's it like on the tour? You know, it, it, it's changed a bunch. I, I've seen a major shift. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not as, even though it's all out there, it, it's, it seems like Major League Fishing, you know, we mixed it up and we, we started doing something uh, different, the catch-way release, catch-all-you-can-catch, that you know, whether a pound and a half or two pounds. And, uh, I, you know, I thought it was going in the right direction, but when you start to co-mingle a bunch of things together, it gets confusing to people, um, you know, and, and hard to understand the cups versus the Bass Pro Tour. I will tell you, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, and uh, you know, now, no matter how many times I uh, I take pride in marketing and uh, guerrilla marketing especially and simplicity of marketing, no matter how many times I jump up and down and scream, you got to leave the two separated. That's how we were so successful. I was a Major League Fishing angler and an FLW Tour angler. And there wasn't confusion because those two were separate. The other guys were Bass Elite and Major League Fishing Anglers. When we formed Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour and, and kept the cups and made them qualifiers and made them part of 
assist them to get into the cups, that's when it all went like, what, 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 what what's going on? Because it, it was all wrapped up into one. And I'm like, we got two tours here. You got the Bass Pro Tour, and then you got the cups. Let's keep them that way. And it, it's just confusing. But this year we're we're going to mix it up again, and we're going to go to a five-fish limit. I got it. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So you're going to be up here, and you talk about ultimate match fishing, and you're going to be on a panel. What's that going to look like? Uh, I think Fletch is going to be there. Who else is on there? You know, I don't know. I haven't gotten the last schedule. I've been working with the Renfro folks right now as we put our production schedule together, but I know you're going to be on a panel with some others. I haven't seen the final roundup. Yeah, I, I Joe told me, and I didn't write it down. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you've got the same problem I do. I, I, you know what I'm good at? I'm good at following instructions. So when Joe tells me, you sit there in that red chair, put your hat on backwards and talk to these people, that's what I'll do. Well, you do a good job. You know, I was looking through your socials this week, and you um, you have a great relationship with Black Rifle Coffee. Tell me about that. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Great day. Got introduced by these folks. Uh, Paul Rourke is my boss over I always butcher his last name. Uh, my boss over there, a uh, bunch of the marketing crew, Jesse Ashdown, uh, you know, Evan Haper, Matt Best, all them guys are super fun to, to work with and work for. Uh, the dynamics, you know, it's just phenomenal. It's great. It's great. It's, the, it's great product. And, uh, what they give back to the veteran community and the veterans themselves is tremendous. And, you know, if you're on the fence about, well, I like this and I like that, well, I like supporting veterans. So that would easily put it over the top. I love it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you. Hopefully we'll spend some time uh, in the longer format sessions with your appearance here. And I remind everybody, go to the schedule, go online, find out who the lineup is. Make sure you come to James Watson's ultimate match fishing panel that he's going to be participating in. We look forward to seeing you in Indianapolis. Good luck on your first tournament this weekend. And we appreciate you, as always, for being on Indian Outdoors. Hey, thank you. Keep following. I'm building a new house, and I'm going I'm going to be promoting a lot of cool stuff for your house, whether you're refurbing or building a brand new one. Love it. Thanks so much, my friend. Safe travels. All right, our good friend, James Watson. We look forward to seeing him in Indianapolis. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I'm your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. Don't you go anywhere. Don't do it. We're going to be back right after this. So much fun. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I'm your host, Brian Pointer. This guy just gets me so excited to be back at the 68th Annual Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show. James Watson. He is... uh, He was one of my favorites. We've been producing and doing some longer format stuff for Facebook and other social media things for Renfro Productions during the show where we have an opportunity to bring him up on a stage and have an extended kind of mini podcast type conversation. And he is just so funny. Uh, One of the, the good guys out on the tour always 
hanging and pranking his buddies on the tour. And I love that he was able to give us a little bit of time today, along with uh, Chad Hoover. He is the godfather of kayak bass fishing, which is just so immensely popular. The quiet sports, as they are known, and paddling and kayaking takes up such a huge percentage of the show not for any other reason than people want to see that stuff so he is just a great evangelist for the sport and has just a great story someone who's made his vocation his vacation in every way shape and form and he's going to be up here for the whole run of the show i remind people to get ready go to the boat sport and travel show just google it And look at the schedule, because you can't just go there and you can just walk around. But so many things, so many places, nearly 800,000 feet of show space. It's the largest show in the country of its kind. And this one is going to be as good as any, because I have been working with the good friends at Renfro and kind of know what's in store. And I'm looking forward to broadcasting both Saturdays in what used to be known as the Travel Cafe. It's being rebranded. I'm not going to give away how it's been rebranded, but I think you'll like it, especially if you like beer. I'm just saying. So look for us out there. Remember, you know, just stop by, say hello. Remember that uh, we love to hear what you have to think about Indiana Outdoors, and we hope to bring you some good content while we're out there. we got a couple shows to do before this kicks off. Nonetheless, remember to turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Get ready for the Boat Sport and Travel Show. Enjoy this beautiful weather, and I will see you not only at the Boat Sport and Travel Show, I'll see you outside, everybody. Be safe. Be safe.